Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm Josh McElwain, and with me is DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. But see, here's the deal: you're not going to be Josh McElwain anymore. How's that oh, sound? Oh no! Oh, who, who? What happened to me? Well, you got an upgrade. Oh, oop, I like upgrade. Okay, done. All right, I'm good for this. Henceforth, you shall be referred to as, in preference, is up to you, either DM Josh or Dungeon uh, Master Josh. Ooh, I'll, I'll take DM Josh, that's fine. Done. Like the, the brevity. That's because you, sir, are now the official go-to co-host for none other than DMnastics. Yeah, I'm official gym member now. Mm-hmm. Got my yearly membership upped and ready to go. Yep, and don't show up. You're the best gym member. They, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Side note, that's what gyms actually want you to do. They want you to sign up for their contract and And not show up because then you can actually cost them no money. But hey, so with that, though, I feel like it would be a missed opportunity if I don't ask you some questions for the listeners because we didn't do it before. And if we did do it before, I'm going to look silly right now but i don't think we did no i don't think so i will ask you a couple short questions i mean i'm probably gonna know the answers but other people listening don't so that's true i will ask you the most open-ended question we ask our guests on the main podcast okay tell us a little bit about yourself i mean there's so many answers i can give there i don't even i don't even know i like games Uh okay good good (laughs) great answers so far think of some good answers here i like both role-playing games and board games pretty equally and i kind of spend a lot of my time playing and reading about and even dabbling into like game design stuff so that's kind of like a little bit about what i'm really into these days the next one is how did you first get started in rpgs Ooh, so when i was let's see it would have been like early 90s for me is when i kind of dipped my toes i came from a very conservative religious family uh that the idea of playing dungeons and dragons was maybe a little bit like "Mm, you shouldn't do that because that might be for the devil i was kind of indirectly told that you know like maybe i shouldn't be doing that however being the curious mind that i was i actually discovered something very adjacent to that which was a board game called dragon strike that was published by tsr back in like 1993 it is a Dungeons & Dragons board game, but nowhere on the box does it actually say Dungeons & Dragons on it, even though it is totally huh. D&D. The game plays very much like there's a Hero Quest board game that came out in the 80s. It's very similar to that, but it's actually D&D themed. So a player has to play the role of a dungeon master, and you've got you know your classic like first edition classes like Elf and Dwarf, which aren't classes, come on. But yeah, so we played that, and like my friends and I would actually come up with our own adventures for this D&D board game and not realizing that we were basically actually playing D&D but you know it was kind of like a weird subvertly like going around the taboo like oh we're not supposed to play D&D but we actually were just playing D&D. I looked up Dragon Strike and I was not disappointed. (laughs) I highly recommend everybody that's interested go to YouTube search Dragon Strike and the game came with a VHS tape that introduced people it's called hyper reality it's like really really early cg it is so horrifically bad and it's incredible and i love everything about it i highly recommend checking that out i watched that vhs tape so many times when i was younger i loved it loved it loved it so highly recommended do yourself a favor and go look into dragon strike that is awesome 
So now, an interesting question that I pulled from some of the AMA questions from the forums. And if you want to hear those AMAs, you can check out our Patreon to figure out how to do that. But one of the ones that I'll pull as your surprise question (gasps) is, what is the most expensive thing you have ever purchased for D&D? And that could be tabletop in general. Hmm. Gosh, I mean, some of the things I've done, like I've ran Pathfinder, I've ran full adventure paths and buying like everything for an adventure path mm-hmm. uh, campaign, which is six volumes, you know, in a, in a in whole campaign that run about 20 to $25 each. Plus they put out like a supplemental campaign setting book, which is another 20 bucks, plus a player's handbook, which is another like 15 plus minis specifically for that campaign. So I... So for one of my campaigns that I ran, I ran an entire adventure path from start to finish like six years ago, and I bought everything for it because I wanted to have like the full experience. So it ended up costing me about like with minis and everything, probably close to like 400, 500 bucks altogether that I dropped for like all of that stuff. They definitely do well on creating supplements. Yes, lots of supplements. So with all that out of the way, we are going to tie back to episode number 92, Solarian Island's epilogue. Where are they now? And the guests were many because it was all of DM Chris's players talking about the final session of the Solarian Islands campaign. And we're going to tie back to Diamnastics number 77. All your avatar are belong to us. <laughs> Good name. So the prompt that people had on the Dungeon Master Block forums was basically talking about avatars for the gods. Trying to get people to think of avatars in general, like it's such a kind of old fantasy, you know, idea that these gods and, you know, members of the pantheon would have kind of lesser beings that would kind of represent them, you know? So that's like the whole idea of what an avatar is. And so you prompted people to think of things like like, you know, in their game or for their idea, like how is their created avatar chosen or, or born or how do they come into existence? What is their goals? What special abilities do they have that were given to them by their god or, or whatever? Things like, can they be defeated? Do they return after defeat? That kind of stuff. So lots of kind of big picture, like deity level stuff going on. Yeah, and I don't know why I hadn't thought of it now, but it's probably this prompt coming from my childhood and playing Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2, where Mm -hmm. you're being an avatar of Bahal, and which that definitely presents itself more clearly in the second game. Yes, definitely. So, first up, what was your pick from the forums? So, I chose this post by, and correct me if I get this wrong, but I believe the name is DM Genesisect, who created the twin avatars, actually. Uh, Ren and Yak, the lightning twins. In his fiction that he created, Ren and Yak are born amongst dwarves, which is something that always jumped out to me. I feel like dwarves often don't get enough love in what, you know, people come up with D&D ideas. Like, I always felt like they're the redheaded stepchilds of people's ideas. You know, it's always humans or elves or whatever, but dwarves are awesome. Agreed. Yeah, so I was naturally drawn to, like, ooh, this awesome post about dwarves. So these twin dwarven avatars aren't born necessarily as, like, godlike figures. They basically, when they're older, there's a ritual where they come together under the sky. They're struck by lightning, and they become, like, lightning twins, essentially, like avatars of lightning god. 
So it's pretty cool. I like that thematically. It's a nice, it's a neat visual. Yeah, and Ren and Yak were pulled from the Diamnastics number 23, the Pantheon Builder, which I realized I linked in the prompt. So that is where some of them came from. Ah. I also like that potentially, based on their idea, that you could have the potential for the avatars born, but like it, yeah. it might not happen. Right. Because essentially, it's two dwarves that have been born at the exact same time. And then it essentially, right. it's like this promotes the ability to have this happen, but by no means is it destined to happen. Or at least that's how I'm reading back out of it. Right. There's not like a set name, I guess, kind of like there's basically twins and they kind of turn into or they ascend into the, you know, Ren and Yak. But like they're, you know, dwarves uh, before that. He gives a little bit of history of like the greatest twin avatars were Thierke and Lahore, you know, which is like, oh, that's cool. I, li- I like that, that, you know, gives some nice history there. And I like the fact that the way that they're defeated was kind of like the whole you know, twin thing where it's like when they're together, like there's really no stopping them. Like when the two twins, avatar twins are fighting side by side, like you're pretty much untouchable. But if you separate them, then if you defeat one, the other one also falls. And that's, I like that a lot. Like that's just very cool. Like imagine that if, say even like the villain of a, of a campaign you're running, I just think that that's a really cool approach for players to think like okay you know that creates a neat challenge for them to have to overcome i know where you were going with it but in my head i went somewhere weird and was essentially like yeah think about it your players get to the end and they're ready to fight the big bad evil guy and then he just falls over because somewhere (laughs) in the world someone else killed his twin ah there you go but then it doesn't really leave much else to happen it's just very anticlimactic but sometimes hey that's life I like it. (laughs) I also like that one of the goals and desires is that these twins seek out the items that were used by previous avatars of Ren and Yak. And then they actually get them and then essentially make them better, upgrade them, or redo them because they're dwarves. Of course they do. And essentially now they're dwarven avatars of these lightning gods. And then they can just come in and make normal magical items even better or restore them to the power they once had. Yeah, I liked pretty much everything about this post. It was very cool. So good job, DM Genesis Sect. Yes, DM Genesis Act. What'd you pick? So what's interesting is I will pick Blake Ryan's post. And I say it's interesting because the two options that DM Genesis Act chose and Blake Ryan chose were both written by the same person in that original forum. So Ah. a special shout out goes to Rorik for all of the awesome Pantheon pieces, we'll say, he put into that forum. And it is for Yithalin, the Lord of Silence and Shadow. So probably a little darker than the last one. And so for this, it is that the avatars are actually his spawn. So half God. I like that he incorporates, you know, things like Yuan-Ti, like the serpent folk, you know, like stuff like that. Displacer beasts even, like stuff that is more on the creepy side. I can dig that. Yeah. So yeah, so the Yithalin one, I like that it's a lot of kind of undead, not necessarily undead, but like a lot of the stuff that, you know, are typical with undead creatures, like, you know, daylight's bad, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's how you destroy daylight cast upon both of his eyes in particular. Like that's a, it's a neat visual, you know, it's very interesting. But, you know, the fact that like drawn to the shadows and kind of six to the darkness, but then sunlight and daylight you know is kind of like his bane i thought that was a that was a cool touch yeah the death step teleport 50 feet per level trading spots with a dying or dead body that's pretty cool really interesting stuff yeah and you mean this one is definitely more of that npc feel because 
I would assume the whole purpose of the Avatar is to actually never be known. I mean, there would That's possibly true. be people within the network that they're creating to keep this silence and shadows and do everything. But I mean, for the most part, you would never see them until it's probably Ooh. too late. I like that. Like an Avatar that exists that like no one knows about, but like is totally there manipulating from the darkness type of thing. Like that's that's cool. I like that a lot. Well, now that we've highlighted a couple posts, we're going to start lifting the mental weights right now. <sighs> Getting pumped. <sighs> lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. All right. So to kick this one off, I am going to go ahead and keep the train rolling down the Rorik track, if you will, because Rorik, like I said, created a ton of deities for the Dayayan Bay Pantheon. And this one was, so we'll develop the avatar of Bilma, the dream giver, who is actually neutral good. So we'll kind of work through the prompt and it could be a great way for anyone that wants to, to create avatars for the specialized deities in your own world. Just deities from established campaign settings like Forgotten Realms, Dark Sun, anything like that. This prompt could help you create something of an avatar in your world. So the question is, how is the avatar of this god chosen? So I was actually going to say that for Bilma, the dream giver, that it is someone that has been in a coma or is like currently in like a comatose state and has been hmm. for a certain amount of time. Essentially, you know, giving credence to the idea that someone that is in a coma still hears and can dream during that time. So I was thinking that would be a great way for someone to become chosen of Bilma. That's awesome. I like that a lot. And then kind of hinted from the actual post that Rourke put on there is what are the goals and desires? And essentially the goal and desire of this avatar is to kind of be almost like a good version of Grimer Wormtongue. It's kind of it's kind of oh. what I think of. Like they're there to help motivate people. Like it's not them. They're not the ones standing on the front lines. They're not going full William Wallace here and you can take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. But essentially they're the one that would be like they're kind of not even hype man, but the one that motivates them, like that sounding board that they always go to and they can help hmm. plant dreams in these people. Is it sinister though? Like Grima worm tongue? No, no, no. So, cause the person is okay. neutral good. So, Okay, okay. Oh, that's right. So it's kind of twofold where on one hand, they could plant dreams to help motivate and spur a revolution. And on the flip side, for like that good aspect, they could actually plant dreams into evil creatures, if you will, and almost give them remorse. Oh, that's cool. Or they may not have had it. So that's kind of the right. big picture goals. Special abilities. I mean, a ton of mind affecting stuff is obviously what I would go with. And to throw it back to Young Justice, because that's what I like to do, mm -hmm. it makes me think of those scenes where they have the mental battles. And okay. That could be an aspect that they're allowed through their deity to essentially do mental combat on a like whole nother level because they are the dream giver. I like it. So one of the other ideas is how could this avatar be defeated? And it's pretty simple. You just keep them awake. Oh, that's... That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. I mean, it's extremely difficult to do because they're so powerful and they could step into like a different dimension real quick, you know, with rope trick and things like that. Or they could mm -hmm. just get away and they could fall asleep for a short amount of time. But essentially, if you figure out a way to keep them awake for some extended period of time, then it will essentially break their tie to Bilma. And then they will at minimum no longer be the avatar and potentially they would be defeated and pass on. That's cool. I like that a lot. That, there's a lot of cool room to play with with that idea. They could do a lot of neat things with it. 
and it's different than like say if you know you could even make it like if the dreams perhaps that are being you know created by this slumbering you know avatar like are causing havoc you know type of thing like that creates an interesting scenario for players like that's that's cool yeah it, i mean it, this just came with it like no, no just thought of it they could almost be like this unassuming npc that one of the players right. or all of the players depending on how you want to approach it interacts and it could be you know the players are like man we're having all these crazy dreams but not really knowing why or where it's coming from and then it's this unassuming npc that they keep interacting with and in furthering the goals of this avatar to have things happen because of the dreams that they're planting that's rad i like it yes <laughs> you get my seal of approval Ooh. I don't give that out to anybody, you know, so it's very special. Done. It's going to be a wax <laughs> seal. Oh, yeah. Put that on your wall. So do you have one that's ready to go? Yeah. So mine's a little bit different. Kind of the first idea that jumped out at me when I first uh, read the prompt and I was looking at this. I don't know. So I guess maybe it's probably from like where my brain has been lately, just as a little like preface. I've been playing a lot of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You as know? you so should be. Like, Go where, on. That's where my headspace is currently. Like it's been eat, sleep, play Legend of Zelda. So for me, though, like it's not necessarily directly tied to that, but there's been some inspiration, some ideas that come from that that I thought was kind of cool. And the idea of avatars of different elements, essentially. So so one of the things that jumped to me was, say, like, just fire. You know, it's not even a god. It's not a, uh, you know, divine being. But yet the elements are a kind of a spiritual thing. Like a lot of times you see in, like, Eastern, like, mythology type of stuff. You know, you've got the elements that can be controlled and harnessed and are often referred to as, like, living things, you know? So perhaps, like, fire you know, actually has an avatar that is kind of sadly, like maybe mindless or at least like not conscious or aware of what it is or what it's doing. And it's almost just kind of like a, it manifests maybe as like a person or like a living creature, but doesn't have like the same type of thoughts or, you know, anything that a, like a sentient creature normally would have. Maybe it like doesn't express emotions or anything like that. And almost maybe like a child, which is kind of a, I think an, an interesting thing like to encounter this thing this being that is like the representation of water or air or something and it's just kind of there and it you know it is made to say govern over that element you know it kind of watches over you know fire or whatever its designated thing is but yet like it's just kind of that's all its purpose in life is and it's almost kind of sad like when you you know if you kind of think about it and like you could have you know, situations where this avatar of fire just kind of does its thing. And, you know, perhaps like there's a little bit of, you know, players might think like, oh, like that's that's a horrible existence. Like what if we, you know, helped it or did something, you know, to I don't know. So that's to me, that's what jumped out. Like that was my first thought. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the zone right now. All right. So <laughs> and I don't know what it is. And I, you know, the best thing could be I could say a bunch of stuff right now and everyone be like, well, that's I don't know what, what zone he thought he was in. <laughs> So my thought was, especially with the fire one, if you thought about it both with that child aspect where if you could somehow reduce its size, then it could mm -hmm. be like a controlled element. And then, I mean, yeah, that you could actually interact with it on some level or with the water if you could get it almost in like a contained setting right almost just like real life like how you would handle like fire or water or things like that like how do you handle one of those things that's out of control it's like okay well think about it you know that's and that's kind of similar like that's what you would do you know with maybe one of these avatars that perhaps is out of control or is maybe you know there's something going on and it needs to be stopped or whatever 
it's the idea of like, yeah, how do you how do you handle fire? Well, you know, things like water or things like containing it, uh, being able to remove any like the source of its fuel type of thing. Like that's the way that you stop it. So naturally, that would be the same for like this avatar as well. Then the other one for the for wind that I just thought of was the only time you can interact with it is at the eye of a storm. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like it's not quite as in-depth as like, you know, having a deity that it kind of follows and powers that it inherits from that. But I like the idea of kind of representations of just like natural forces that, you know, just exist in the world and thus like players can kind of interact with, but not necessarily can go to like favors or, you know, things. It's just kind of a little bit more primal than that, I guess, you know, so yeah. Then the last one, of course, would be the Avatar of Heart. That's right. (laughs) The most important. (laughs) Yes. So this gets super meta sometimes. So track with me here. So Diamnastics 23 was posted. Then Mm -hmm. I did whatever Diamnastics episode that was with none other Mm -hmm. than Friar Took. And together we were inspired and made the deity for the world of Dayaimbe called Zamu Logo. What we're going to do now is take Zamu Logo into Diamnastics number 77 and make the avatar of Zamu Logo because that is super meta and that makes me happy. (laughs) Let's do it. Zamu Logo is the chaotic good god of nature, knowledge, travel, and pathways. So the avatar. Ooh. Okay. So then we're going to go through. So for the first one, how is the avatar of this god chosen? I want to say that it is someone that dies on the road. Oh, interesting. And essentially now they're given the chance to come back because pathways are the domain of Zamu Logo. And they were the one that originally helped create the pathways in the world of Dayaibe. Mm-hmm. So the question to you is, what is the Avatar's mission, goal, or desire? Well, Zamu Logo, you know, kind of the domains include uh, travel, roads. And I like the whole, you know, in order to like to be the Avatar, like one has to die while traveling, you know, like a, maybe like a terrible fate. I feel like... It's all about, like, destinations and, like, making sure that people, well, I want to say, I don't want to make it too specific, but, like, things get to where they're supposed to go, mm-hmm. you know? That's, like, the ultimate goal is that this avatar kind of makes sure that things that are very important, you know, things that have a lot of consequence to the world or whatever, like, things that are grand in nature, they get to where they're supposed to be because that's the whole travel and pathways thing. So I feel like that that's kind of like looking over the road, you know, to make sure that, like, that happens and that, you know, is fulfilled. I like it. I also like making it more generalized because you know, even playing back into the idea of knowledge, it could just be right. that you know, the avatar themselves goes the rest of the way and just relays the knowledge that is so important or right. something terrible happens to a caravan and they take it on themselves to get the medicine or magic item or whatever it may be to its final destination where it can do the most good or at least just do what it is supposed to do. Right. It ties into like the chaotic good because it's good. You know, some load is good, but not like lawful good, kind of chaotic. So there's, you know, things could potentially like it's a little bit disruptive at times where, you know, never know exactly maybe where that's going to, to fall, which is a little bit interesting. What special abilities do we think they would receive from their god? Hmm. The easy out here would be things like Misty Step, Teleport, Dimension Door. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, fast travel, fast movement, stuff like that. I almost feel like something like teleportation would be not 
allowed because if Zamu Logo's domains include roads and paths, I almost feel like teleportation is kind of the opposite of that because you're ignoring the roads and paths and you're, you're not giving them any attention. You're just skipping them entirely, you know, to get to your destination. So I almost feel like maybe things like I could see like Misty Step or things like, you know, just movement in general. But like this avatar is all about like, will travel the entire distance to this destination. Like that's kind of like maybe his avatar is bound to always do that. You know, like there's no just like teleporting around, you know, type of thing because being, you know, a re- representation of this God that oversees roads and stuff like that's kind of a big deal. I don't know. So some of the ideas I was thinking were to play off the Ranger, but not in that an example would be Woodland Stride, where they can move through any sort of undergrowth at their normal speed without taking damage or suffering any other impairment. But my thought was essentially there wouldn't be underbrush behind it. And then instead of the idea of trackless step, it would be tracked step. This would be there imbued with the power to create pathways at an accelerated rate because essentially that's the fundamental concept of how roads and everything are built when countries are first started it's just the easiest path that a group of humans or animals take and eventually over time it creates an actual pathway eventually right. it turns into a road so on and so forth Ooh, i like the idea of this avatar walking through like overgrown forest trails or paths or whatever and as it walks through it effortlessly it actually just magically kind of clears the path Mm -hmm. nature kind of maybe rescinds like the vines and thorns and stuff and just kind of like pulls it away as this avatar walks through it and that's a cool visual i like that a lot yeah and because one of the pieces of the portfolio of zombie logo was nature itself so then you wouldn't have it being like this damaging thing and you're in all this stuff underfoot but essentially naturally cleared away and you know right. people could be oh man we're i said this was gonna be short i lied so then the idea that you know i mean <laughs> this could be as simple as the avatar of Zamu Loco going before a set of people that need to get somewhere. And now there's this new pathway that's been created so that they can actually get where they're supposed to go, where if it wasn't, maybe they would have not gotten there. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I could see like in a game, like maybe you have a, obviously it seems like very tailored towards like a lot of rangers would probably, you know, worship Zamu Loco and probably revere this avatar, you know, with respect. But I could even see like maybe there's a group of rangers or even druids or something that actually kind of despise because maybe the whole like, you know, no, nature's supposed to naturally overtake, you know, these roads and paths that aren't being used. Like that's part of how nature's supposed to be. And then, you know, by this avatar kind of doing that, like that's almost maybe almost like a cult within, you know, like ranger circles that feel like that is kind of blasphemous. It's like, no, like you're, that's kind of defilement of nature by doing that. Interesting. I like it. Sir, I say we've done it. We've done it once again. My brain is wiped out. Too many weights. Well, we're going to do it again next week, so get ready. (laughs) Okay. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow us over on Twitter at dmnastics, all lowercase, all one word. And I will let you know that DM Mainprize and I are working on some interesting stuff for the Twitter account. So pay attention there. Awesome. No information given. Hashtag. What's up? And if you want to follow me, (laughs) you can always do so at Jotmaniac, which no one really hears me when I say that. So hopefully you can find me. Yeah. The Secret Club. Can you find him? You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at 
Josh Clyde, all one word, all lowercase on Twitter. Make sure you head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com for the entire Block Party Network. I also want to implore listeners to make sure they join the forums and take part in the challenges and exercises as well as other conversations that are being had. I can tell you that they're very interesting and you can find lots more cool ideas and uh, like brainstorming activities like we're talking about here on the forum. So good fount of inspiration for your games there. And something I rarely get to do. And to do that, you can head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs>